Hey, y'all. Welcome to Co-Parenting Past Chaos, a podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered insight on marriage, divorce, the crazy adventures of co-parenting, and so much more with your hosts, April and Lauren. Not only are we best friends, we are also the wife and former wife of the same man. Join us each week as we take you on a journey inside our wild and chaotic lives and show you how we were able to forge and maintain a positive co-parenting relationship while collectively parenting a lot of kids with a few husbands. We're definitely not professionals and we'll probably get you into more trouble than you bargained for but what we do have is a sense of humor street smarts and a few decades of experience under our wife mom and divorcee bill this ain't your mama's podcast welcome to episode 123 of co-parenting past chaos here we are here we are again (laughs) just look at us i love that we're last minute recording too this is so applicable to our lives right now Well, especially to this week i feel like it's been a week been one of those it has i kept myself busy though my laundry you room were. looks good i'm sad because i felt so lonely this week like everybody was busy and i threw myself into that project i think that's the depression i think that's yeah. what that was hey i've got some projects if you want to do i'm here for it let me tell you that sander and nail gun i i used all my aggression oh, with those can i just take a nail gun and just shoot a wall <laughs> yes you can for, for no reason felt other so than good. just to shoot a wall i've been itching to go somewhere though anywhere i just want to oh. go i want to get out be somewhere. I wish I loved to fly because I'd be a flight attendant and I could oh, go I could, everywhere. I don't think I could do that job. No. Oh, I could. I hate flying and I hate people. So not, not, well, I hate flying, but I don't necessarily hate people. I just don't like mean people. Yeah. I don't know if I could do that. We're going to do a weekend getaway for your birthday. We are. That's too far away though. I, I need to go now. And it's also yeah. not far enough mileage wise. I want us to take true. another trip. That's true. Actually, November is going to be packed really with a lot of little trips, at least for yeah, me. For um, you. You're going away for Thanksgiving. I'm going away for Thanksgiving. I'm also going away the weekend before, going to Asheville. Oh, yeah. And then the weekend before that is my birthday. Well, the weekend after my birthday. And then the week before that is Jackson's. And I think we're going to take him on his own little getaway. Yes. You know what I mean? Just for a day. Tanner and I were planning to spend Thanksgiving and his birthday with Roy. But I'm on the fence because... Flights are just outrageous. They are. You got to know when to book them. And I think the responsible thing to do would just be to not go because mm-hmm. it's such a short time and such a long flight. Ugh, it's one of those things. Listen, I wouldn't have gone to our Thanksgiving trip if it hadn't been for my family flying us all out there. Otherwise, ugh, it's a direct wanna... flight. Thank God. I feel like I should own an airplane as much as we travel. We need to think big. Manifest yeah. that. You manifest okay. that right I'm now. I'm buying us a we jet. getting a plane. Mm-hmm. I have a jet. <laughs> okay. One that we can actually fit inside and fly. You can't fly. All right. Well, it finally oh. happened to me. Every parent's fear. Last night, the sheriff brought my child home. <laughs> Shut up. Tell me you're so, kidding. So, you know, Tanner's been grounded for what? It's like three or four. Three weeks now, going yes. on four weeks, okay? And little by little, he's earning freedom back. And now he has an 8.30 curfew. He can spend some time with his friends. He has to be home at 8.30, okay? So I'm sitting here, and it's 8.29. And I thought, do I wait till 8.30 and text his friend? Because I have to text his friends to message him. He doesn't have his phone. So I text one of his friends, and I no response. And I'm like, okay. So like 8.31, I hear the door open. He's like, mom. And I'm like, what? He's like, uh, hey, somebody wants to talk to you. And I was like, who, Tanner? He's like, the sheriff. I said, Tanner, you better be lying to me. And he's, I said, I don't have time for your shit. 
I'm dead. He's like, Mom, I'm serious. And I was like, Tanner, I'm going to beat your ass. Because, you know, that's my whole thing. That's what I say all the time. Tanner, I'm going to beat your ass. It's the funny thing that I say. And I'm screaming these things to him as I'm walking to the door in my pajamas. And lo and behold, there was the sheriff at my front door. And I was like, oh, dear God. And he's red with embarrassment and smiling. Love that. Because he'd heard me say, I'm going to beat my kid's ass. <laughs> so I walk out. Hello, April. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Do you know me or did my son tell you my name? I don't know. So then I was really freaked out. And he said, I just wanted you to know they're not in trouble. And I look behind the cop car and there's his friend who's also been grounded. And I'm like, oh, dear, should I text his mom and warn her or just let her find out the way I did? Yeah, I'm going to let her find out the way I did. So Tanner was, in fact, not in trouble. However, There was an incident that occurred in our neighborhood where some equipment was damaged and Tanner and his friends happened to be skating in the vicinity and the cameras went off and six cop cars came. Oh, my gosh. And the construction worker that was working there, he walked up and he's like, what are you guys doing? And the boys were like, oh, we're just skating. And so the construction worker says, I need to talk to you. And so Tanner put down a skateboard and the guy said, all right, don't try to run from me because I can run. And Tanner's like, I'm not going to run anywhere. I just was putting my skateboard down. So anyway, the cop wanted to question them and see if they knew anything about what had happened. And Tanner said to the cop, which I'm very proud of him. He said, I'm going to be in trouble because I'm going to be late for my curfew. And instead of the cop just saying, "Okay, you didn't do anything wrong. Let me just let you go. He's like, let me take you home so I can tell your mom that you weren't out gallivanting, that you were helping, you know. You know what? Also, County, I got to give a shout out to them. Thank you, Sheriff's Department, for bringing my kid home safely and letting me know he wasn't out doing bad things. The Onslow County Sheriff's Department has uh, saved our ass (laughs) more times than we would care to share Uh, on this podcast. I'm willing to let anybody. Yeah, but if you are, if you are someone you know works for Onslow County, please thank them on behalf of all of the Kirks. We have given you guys. We've made you earn your paychecks. Um, and we've even used some entertainment, I'm pretty sure. Oh, we have no. You can't not know us. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, wow. What, what would April do? What would she do? Speaking of kids and getting in trouble, <gasps> I'm going to go ahead and just say my middle one right now. Whew. That second child. That's the middle one. He is sending me to a different dimension because I don't think I was really prepared for him. I, we've been parenting and we always Lauren, talk. What? I've known that kid oh. since he was in pull up still he and i'm gonna tell you that i never dreamed no he would be the, the way, way he is. is yeah and and we're so used to having to parent jackson very like vigorously yeah. and vigilantly that i i kind of forgot that the other ones get bigger and well he he has the most i don't give a shit mm-hmm. attitude and i don't i don't <laughs> work well with that i'm gonna say i don't know where it comes from you but do. like it's he's a little bit of me mm-hmm. let's be honest but it's to the max. I mean, it's about absolutely everything. I could tell him, no, I can tell him he's got to do something at school. A teacher could tell him this or that. I don't care. Mm. I'm not doing it. Nope. The lack of respect. And it's just getting me how brazen and calm he Mm -hmm. is. Perfect example. So all week he's been on this, I don't care kick. Well, we were having a conversation in the car before school in the drop-off line. We were talking about how your day was going to go and and which um, specials they were going to have for the day. And I was asking him about his and saying, you know, you need to participate because he said he hates music so much. 
And I said, Jacker, you know, you're only in school for a short time. You need to take it a little bit seriously. And he is brilliant, which is part of the problem. Mm-hmm. So he's just lazy. And I guess when he got out of the car, the teacher said, you need to be more prepared. Why is your face mask not? And she snapped at him a little bit. And he literally said, I don't care. I'm not going to school. <gasps> to the teacher. Oh, to the oh, teacher. Okay, well. In plain sight. And how do you, I mean... In that moment, I wanted to say, I'm going to beat your ass, Jagger. Yeah, that's what you said. But I can't because, you know, there's the the teacher right there. But this child, I don't know if you've had a kid like this. I'm sure you have. Yeah, their name was Taylor. <laughs> um, she loves us she talking about her. She was Is one. she still that way? A mm, little bit. When does it stop? Never. Actually, it doesn't stops. end. But you know, we have to beat them at their own game. I'm trying, but I don't know the rules. So maybe we play a little reverse psychology on Jagger. We don't care. Anything he wants, I don't Ooh. care. Ooh, that's a I'm good hungry. one. I don't, I don't care. care. Maybe let him go to school filthy, oh, he unprepared. Doesn't care. When people start making fun of him, it's bound to get him. The thing is, when he gets picked on, A, he either doesn't care or he'll be he gets to have has a very like angry reaction and becomes a little bit of a bully. We got to be he's, a bear bully. Ooh, he's a tough one. Any any tips and tricks for second children? Please send them I in. I feel like we give those kids to their grandparents to raise. No, my mom was talking to me and joking on the phone with them. Like, you guys come stay with Nana. Well, now Jagger used that. I'm moving to Georgia. Good. Bye. <laughs> like, all right. Let Hold me on. get a plane ticket. I'll pack your bag. Can you find a suitcase so I can get your clothes in there? Uh, we don't even uh, who cares i'll send her money to buy you new clothes yes absolutely <laughs> she can have him that's what we're gonna do we're gonna beat them at their own game sold okay. free 99 free to the hospital oh, god all right okay last week we continued our discussion on high conflict co-parenting this week we're gonna talk a little bit because it's such a broad topic but we're gonna talk a little bit about relationship trauma mm. i will guarantee if you put a group of women in a room or men Nine out of 10, if not all 10 of them, have experienced some form of relationship trauma. Yes. We have experienced all forms. <laughs> Multiple. Every one of them. Yep. Bring it on. All the trauma. So, you know, I like to research all the topics that we discuss. I'll go research. And you had the idea of doing this. When I started researching, the first thing that came to my mind, obviously, was PTSD. Mm-hmm. Well, there's PTRS. Oh, Post-traumatic relationship Relationship. syndrome. So I didn't know anything about that. I feel like PTSD is something I have from my childhood and maybe my first marriage. Mm -hmm. But PTRS, that's more... I have PTRS and PTSD. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's understandable. I got that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. PTSD, you have... It says, you know, the internet, so it must be true, that you have to experience or witness a threat of physical harm. Mm -hmm including injury or death. Yes. PTRS, you can have without facing physical harm. They're so similar. It, it's trauma. Yeah, it's any sort of triggered response from a trauma that's happened to you. And a lot of times with PTSD, it is a body response. So your body has the built-in trauma response in it. I've been sexually abused. So my PTSD, one of the three times I've been diagnosed, is from a sexual abuse case. And there are things that my body has a reaction to before my brain even mm-hmm. does. So it's like my wiring even. It catches it in my body because of what happened. It right. remembers it. It's muscle memory. Yes. Yeah. There's certain things that same instance that right. will happen to me and just it's a trigger. Uh-huh. It sends me into this whole mm-hmm. slew of And sometimes other you, issues. you forget because it can be a smell. 
Uh, mine come on by smells and touch. So some of people's are sound. There are certain sounds. Mine is sound and certain words. Yes. Sometimes your brain forgets that like it's being triggered. So your body's already done the shutting down before you even realize it. And I think sometimes that's what then sends us off into a depression because we can't figure out what's wrong in that moment. I've become a lot more not only aware of my triggers, but I'm very vocal about them now with my partner and with the people around me. Like, okay, that is something I can't, you can't do with me because it causes me to feel this sort of way. And then I shut down and I just shut down without even knowing sometimes. And that's not good. And it can't be healthy. It's exhausting. In a new relationship or in another relationship that you haven't experienced. And you don't know how it is you want to communicate like, hey, I can't do these things because well, it's not really something you, you know, come out of the gate with. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so then you just have all these weird things that eventually you have to start talking about and telling right. them. They're like, oh, my God, why didn't you tell me sooner? Well, because I didn't know I was going to have to tell you. In my circumstance, it's very uncomfortable for me to talk about yeah. certain things like that, especially anything that in the sexual nature. Anything I don't intimate. like talking about yeah. any kind of triggers or trauma based around that. You can have these issues, I'll call them, on so many things, from so many things, mental, verbal, physical abuse, to infidelity, to manipulative or controlling behaviors that happen in a relationship. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that physically happened to you. Right. In my first marriage, we've talked about before, there was a physical, Mm -hmm. mental and emotional abuse. And that was never something that I feared when I met Roy. I don't know why I was very combative with him when we would argue. I never would back down. And maybe it was that was a trauma response. Maybe me being combative and very strong was letting him know I won't accept this. I'm not going to allow not that he ever would. He's just not the type of person that would ever strong arm me or any woman for that matter. But maybe that was my response to any kind of argument. And I realized that I didn't know how to fight. And I don't mean that in a physical way. I know what you mean. I mean, I did not know how to have a healthy disagreement with my partner. Yes. Because of the PTRS or PTSD that I experienced in my first marriage. Yes. It was just constant chaos. (laughs) I didn't understand until I got out of my second marriage and into like full recovery of it that I realized My communication style for the last 10 years has been yelling and screaming at literally everyone, at my husband specifically, but that's where it started from. And it was at my parents and my siblings and then you in the wake of it. And I eventually, you know, through a lot of therapy, got to the bottom of it. I never felt heard in my marriage. I was never heard. And nothing was ever recognized. I was not a person. I was not a human being in that relationship. It makes you so angry that you're like, I want to be visible. So I'm just going to keep raising my voice until you notice me. And so how interesting is this? All right. Mm-hmm. Very different marriages, you and I in mm-hmm. our second marriages. But I had the same issue of feeling like I wasn't heard. Mm-hmm. But I had a different response. You became louder. Mm-hmm. I shut down. Yeah. I mean, I just find that very, it very is interesting. very interesting. And I notice myself now having come out of that extreme behavior. I take the approach you took mm-hmm. now, which is now I'm quieter. Now I'm almost so drained from having to raise. And I think that's probably for you, your first marriage, 
you were so used to almost having an adrenaline high yes. all the time and raising your voice that you're so drained by your second, like once you get into your second one, that your instant response, instead of yelling in that moment, which would have been your response before, yes. it's I'm going to shut down and you will not hear me speak. Right. And so now in the third time, I think I've developed sort of a happy medium where okay. I can yell. And yeah. I can also be very calm. Mm -hmm. And I understand that there's a different, healthier way to get my opinion, my thoughts across and have my voice be heard. You're very aware now. Yes. I'm aware of my reactions. I'm aware now that in this moment, if I choose to yell, how that's going to make me feel. It's not a fun adrenaline feeling. It's going to send me to a level that I don't want to recover from for a day or two. So Instead, I'm going to be extremely calm because that's something that I can have control over and I can manage and I can process. And I'm just self-aware now in those moments. Does it make you feel weaker? Sometimes. I will tell you well, more than anything else, what gets frustrating is I miss the spark that I did once have because I used to be feisty. I used to have passion. And a part of you, I think, still misses that because that was who I was. It wasn't just what the relationship was. But I was a feisty person. I was sassy and I would stand up and argue and I enjoyed those things. But I, after being sent through trauma with them and using them as a fighting technique, truly, because you felt like you were in battle, now I just feel like my spark has been completely diffused. I couldn't fight a, you know, a chihuahua on the sidewalk me. anymore. I could not <laughs> anymore. Not me anymore. Not anymore. I mean, I'm so. Well, now you're living with the damage that it was yes. done. And you're at battle with the flashbacks that you've had. For instance, when Roy and I were married, during the time where it was very calm, mm -hmm. I almost missed the chaos from my first marriage. I felt like something was wrong in my marriage to Roy because. There we wasn't weren't fighting chaos. all the time. There was no screaming and yelling and there was no destructive behavior. And it was almost boring, for yeah. lack of a better term, that I questioned so many times, is this real? real is this real love? Because we don't scream yeah. at each other. Or you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're yeah. constantly now, well, it's too calm. I've got to prepare myself for the next. Yes. Because you're used to that. Something bad is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Or he doesn't love me yeah. because he's not screaming at me. Yeah. There's no passion here because yeah. we're not fighting. Yeah. That's, That's trauma. That's the trauma. That's a hard thing to live with. I will tell you, when I decided two years ago that I never wanted to be in a relationship ever again, it was because of that exact reason. It was because I knew that I was so damaged in so many ways that I was never able to explain to another person and I didn't want to, that it was easier for me to just say, you know what? I need to just be alone. This is safe for everybody for me to just not ever be in a relationship again, because I'm probably not going to bring a lot to this next relationship. And what I do bring, it's going to take work. And I'm really grateful. Jake is a very patient person, but we have our ups and downs. And I'll be honest, a lot of them have to do with how I respond and react to things because it's so diffused. I'm so tired still. I feel like just now for the first time in my life, can I sort of kind of take like a little bit of a deep breath, but I'm still waiting and not in my relationship, but in life in general, I am still always at the precipice of waiting for that other shoe to drop. I think some people start to believe, and this is what I did, you start to believe that you don't deserve a healthy relationship. Yeah. If, if this happens to you and throughout childhood, you've witnessed 
unhealthy relationships. Then it happens to you as an adult. You tell yourself, you know, maybe. Maybe this isn't realistic for me. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just not in the cards for me to have a healthy relationship. And I'll be honest, once you get into one, you don't even know what it looks like. And I almost feel like we tend to ruin healthy relationships. Absolutely. Because we don't know that that, that's what they are. For me, I feel so uncomfortable in in an unhealthy relationship. I'll be completely honest. It's the most vanilla, boring thing that I've wanted. Mm -hmm. I've wanted this. But yet I don't even know what to do with it half the time. Well, I'll tell you, when you get it back, (laughs) you don't want that either. Yeah. It's like we live the same life. I can tell you, I know exactly what you're talking about. I had that quote unquote boring and vanilla life with Roy because it was a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. But you don't realize that when you've been surrounded your entire life by unhealthy ones. It's true. And you're just waiting, almost yearning for something bad. Uh Uh-huh. That's it. Oh, it's, I get so angry at myself. I told you this the other day. I'll totally call myself out. I wasn't going to, but I will call it out. This is, we talked last week about the trauma around phones, right? And mm-hmm. like seeing your significant oh, other pick up God. their phone. <laughs> but you know what I'm going to say. Oh. And Jake and I have a very open, like, I trust him. He trusts me. And his phone was laying out and it kept going off. And I look over and I was like, oh my God. And I briefly looked over and I see the name Mackenzie. And I, oh my God, where my brain went. It mm-hmm. just spiraled and it spiraled for 45 minutes until I was so embarrassed. I was so angry with myself by how that even felt for me. I went over and I touched his phone and it did not in fact say McKenzie. No, it did not. It was his work. It was his coworker. It was a man. I felt like an ass. I really did. I was embarrassed and I was really disappointed in myself because I just had done a behavior that I used to have to do daily in my marriage. And I hadn't had to do that for years. And I forgot what it felt like. And I forgot what that rush and that adrenaline and that gross, icky feeling of finding something out felt like. And then to find out that I disappointed myself because I was wrong. I was like, oh my God, is this what healthy is? What is Well, no, that wasn't healthy. No, is this (laughs) relationship? Right, the relationship, yes, is healthy. But what you're doing, not healthy. Not at all. So that brings me to my next point. How do we let our partner know that we are experiencing this PTSD or the PTRS, especially when certain things bring up a flashback, like, you know, with you and the phone? Yeah. So me and the phone, I never said that to him. So if he listens to this episode now, he'll know. So for me, I have more sexual trauma and there's a lot of things that I've had to communicate with him and we've had to work on. You know, it is what it is. There's a lot of things when he touches me or touches me in certain places or like he likes to rub my back. And that's a very visceral reaction I have. Like I become very tense all of a sudden and I, 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 I want nothing to do with him. And I don't know why. Well, I do know it's, it's sexual abuse, but I don't know why it has to be linked with him. But we We do communicate. You know, there's little things that we've done. He's changed his cologne. He puts on a heavy amount of it if we are going to be intimate so that I have a sense of smell that I can tie something to. I have to have a light on because if I'm not, my mind wanders into other places. He knows um, that I need to hear his voice, that I need to sometimes have him hold my face so that I know like he's still in direct contact with me. So there's Little things that we've talked through in in different steps. And I think when you break them down and you have a partner that is willing to at least try with you and make you feel safe about talking with it, 
just opening up about every little thing and do it in the moment. Don't wait. You know, don't let this continue on for months. And then finally have your breaking point and be like, I hate when you do this. Right. Because then they're going to get. That's what I do. That's my favorite thing to do. It's a a pastime I have. (laughs) And I love it. It's so fun. I just wait and wait and wait. And then I blow up. You just bottle it up. Oh, yeah. In your little tiny compact bottle. Super. I remember that. And and I won't talk about the sexual trauma because you have covered that. For me, the infidelity with Jerry. So I'm married to Roy now. And Roy just really is. He just is happy. He loves to talk to people. Okay. He'll get just really zoned in on something. One of his favorite things to do is just find a random person on the side of the road. And he feels like, you know what? They need me. Yep. And he'll pull right over and he'll help them. And it doesn't matter if it takes five minutes or five hours. He's a people person. He's very people uh-huh. And here his wife would be sitting at home wondering who he's with. Mm-hmm. I bet she's hideous. Well, no, it was some poor, probably 85-year-old man on the side of the road that was stranded. And Roy just needed... To not only fix his car, but hear his life story, oh, yeah. compare war story, the whole nine. So when he gets home, I already have this whole thing that in my mind, he's gotten a new family. I'm dying because I, I don't so even ask to this. him, you know, yes. I just automatically assume he's doing something yep. bad. Otherwise, you couldn't take five seconds out of your good Samaritan work to just text your wife or call your wife and say, hey, Helping out a stranger. Okay. I might believe it. I was just going to say, but would you even believe that? Probably not. Of course not. Well, no, knowing Roy, yes, I would. But if you're basing it off of trauma, heck no. No, I'd be like, let me talk to him. I'm going to be like, that's the lie you're telling me. FaceTime me. (laughs) I need to see. I'm going to put that lie in my little memory bank. So I know to go back to it and you can't use it again. Absolutely. So, you know, so no, no we're being a good Samaritan and with your next mistress, others. I'll just know. That's it. I think that what we need to do in a relationship where we have had issues in the past, in order to make sure it's healthy in the future, give that person space. Yeah. Give them the time, respect that they're going to have boundaries. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're going to be hard to even talk about because for me, I just needed Roy to understand. I don't want to have to tell you. Yes. You should just know. Yes. Th- th- how does he know? He's not a mind reader. And he probably hasn't had that happen to him. So Never. they have nothing to base anything off of. I remember when I did start telling Roy some things. And to be honest, I didn't even start telling him certain things until after we were divorced. Mm-hmm. Even recently, I've started to say, you know, this is the reason why I acted like this. He's like, if you would have just told, told me, me that before, you're embarrassed and I'm stubborn. I'll admit that. But once you get that out, once you tell your partner, everything's better. It is when it's met with a safe partner. Right. When you have the open yes. communication and they validate your feelings and not say, oh, you're crazy. Or use them against you or blame you. or Right. Yeah. When you're just met. I remember having a conversation one time with Jake and I was so nervous about how I wanted to even explain this to him. And I just got it out. I just word vomited everything. And he looked at me and was just like, okay, I understand. I hear you keep going. And I was like, that's the reaction you're having right now. You're not going to have any other, like this was okay. You're telling me I'm okay to say these things. And I was stupid. I, I felt like an idiot. Right. I was like, so I'm supposed to be, I've been, this is how this is supposed to work. 
this back and forth. Yeah. Not used to this. I thought I was going to be in trouble. I thought I was going to be shamed. I was going to be on punishment definitely for a while. And then the other reaction, which is also in the back of my mind, is he's going to retaliate Mm -hmm. and do something now worse to where I'm hurt. That's my punishment. Well, and I'll say that, yes, as you know, I do talk so many good things about Roy, but I will say this. It was hard because Roy does not like constructive criticism very much. Okay. (laughs) So when I would try to talk to him and they're my issues, Mm -hmm. but suddenly they became his and he took it personally. He took it very personally. And if I would just say, hey, you know, it bothers me when this happens automatically he's assuming, oh, I'm the worst person in the world. You don't love me anymore. Jake does that. I can. You yeah. can't do that. No. We're only one of us can be crazy at a time. Yeah, I'm going to need you to be the same one. Yeah, so I need you to sit down for a minute and let me be in the hot seat. Yes. Let me show my crazy and let you know that these are issues that I'm having. Let's figure out how we're going to resolve them. I think for a man that is a healthy man in a healthy relationship, when they hear you coming to them with this is bothering me or this is on my mind. I know for Jake, his immediate set is, why does she not feel safe with me? What have Mm -hmm. I done that she is no longer feeling safe? And then he sends himself into a spiral. And I appreciate that. But also, like you said, like, this is my crazy. Yes, my turn. It's not you. It's me. I'm battling reality here. (laughs) And they don't realize, I think, that there's been so much damage that's been done to our sanity. I think I've probably only scratched the surface. I only tell what I think he can handle. As far as going deeper into it, A, I don't find it necessary, but B, I don't think he could handle it. And I don't want him looking at me a different way either. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? Well, I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me. No. And that's why, you know, once I finish my owner's manual that I'm writing about myself, the little pamphlet, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to give it to everybody and say, here, you need to read this prior to either becoming romantically involved or becoming my friend, whichever. Yes. I need you to just understand this because a lot of times I get inside my own head and I can make myself believe. That there are things happening that are, in fact, not happening. Oh, yes. I'm very blurred on what my reality actually is because of the trauma that I've experienced in the past. Mm-hmm. And so I keep referencing Roy, but that's just, you know, he's, he gives me so much to There's go a lot off of. material there. You no, know, it's his fault. But he's, again, very friendly and he wants to talk to everybody mm-hmm. everywhere. And when it is a female, If we would be out to dinner, he would call the waitress by her name. Why are you talking to her? How do you know her? Have you met prior? And I realized he was being kind and friendly. But to me, in my previous relationship, kind and friendly meant you're taking her home later. Oh, and you're going to leave me. Yes. And this is going to be a whole thing. Mine too. And I think the most difficult part, and this is where my paranoia comes in, is my previous relationship turned out to not be my reality. And it's, we've talked about this before, it's like waking up and realizing your favorite song was written about a sandwich. Yes. You know, but that was how my marriage turned out to be. My husband at that time sometimes had one, two, even three different, you know, lives. And to wake up and kind of realize oh my God, it was all not real. And then you have to start deciphering, okay, but what was real? What can I hold on to that was real? Or what can I just, you know, own up that that was not real? And and this was a time where something else was going on. And so this is how his behavior was with me and why that made sense. And like, you're tying in all these loose ends. So now in my new relationship, I'm like, 
well, okay, so he's probably doing this. And this makes sense why his behavior is this. And really, I don't even know why I'm doing that because Jacob is, you know, the most vapid person. Like you see what you get is what you see. Mm -hmm. There is nothing deeper. But the problem is when you're in a relationship that has so many webs that you've only ever spent your entire relationship untangling webs and discovering new ones that you think that that's just a normal part of life. So I have to go discover these new ones in this relationship. Oh, I got to find it. Oh, I got to be paranoid. You're driving yourself crazy. Oh, it's it sends you to because it makes me angry with myself. Like, why am I behaving like this? I do this with you. I do this with Heather. I'm like, yes. oh, well, that's and I do like, tie in these like webs this week because I have this pattern that I've witnessed when people start withdrawing from me. It normally means that they're done. Well, there's a lot of things going on in my yeah. mind right now and in my life. And this week when I don't talk to you and Heather very As much often. like you know we normally we all do. get paranoid we get paranoid and i'm sitting here thinking okay it's happening again we're sick and i have to physically have a conversation with my own self to say april you're losing it you're I, spiraling and you have to stop trust me i get into the same exact patterns and i'm like Okay, I'm just preparing myself. This is how this is going to end. This is how or this is what's going to happen next. She doesn't like you anymore. Yeah, she's not going to be your friend anymore. No, she is. All people are not do not have ulterior motives. But once you've been in the very thick of things and you've seen the reality of people with ulterior motives or multiple lives that they're living out, you just assume that that's how and everyone in the world operates, mm-hmm. especially when you have it on repeat because yes. I've had multiple relationships in my lifetime where that has been the case. Yeah. So then it's like, well, this is just what everybody does. So then what does your future look like? Well, it can look great because Mm -hmm. you don't have to live like that. Once you acknowledge and accept this is how it is, this is how you are, you can rewire yourself. Mm -hmm. You really can't. You can reroute your thoughts. Yeah. Not necessarily rewire yourself because you are the person that you are and that's not going to change. But You got to take time to understand what's going on up there in your brain. Being self-aware is one of the most exhausting journeys you will go on. Yeah. But if you want it, and we all should want it because it's very rewarding and you find a lot of peace in that place, but it will be one of the most exhausting things you do in your life Mm -hmm. because you find, I find myself having to reflect and find self-awareness. And I thought it would just be like, a case by case basis. No, What's it's daily. daily. Yeah. It's moment by moment throughout the day. And I'm going to cry thinking about it because it's so sad how often you are met with certain thoughts. Mm-hmm. All because of it can be one simple thing that's happened in your past, mm-hmm. or it can be a slew of things that have happened mm-hmm. that cause you to become this way. Yes. To have trauma based on relationships. And it affects every aspect of your life. From here on out. Yes. That's where my growth of fear of commitment came from. Yeah, Because you just feel like, you know what, if I just don't have this, Mm -hmm. then I don't have to worry about that. Exactly. But you will because you're constantly going to be faced with the relationships in your life. Absolutely. Whether it be romantic or not. You're going to have relationships with your children, with your family members, with coworkers. It's hard, though. I always keep people at a distance because I'm so afraid of any type of any little thing, well, any I little have obstacle. a huge fear of rejection. And that's yeah. where 
when I see my friendships, when I feel like in my mind, they're starting to deteriorate, I will withdraw. Yes. Because it's easier. Mm -hmm. If I'm the one to walk away, the same with marriages. If I'm the one to walk away, it won't hurt as bad. Yep. That's, that's a trauma response. It definitely is. And you have to learn to lean on others. One big thing I think that's helped with us is sharing our story. I do. And I think we, it's our therapy. (laughs) I think because we're both so similar and we understand that trauma and, and why it is each other is the way that we are. We allow ourselves to have those moments of failure of taking two steps back and thinking the end of the world is going to happen. And then we pick each other up again. And I think that when you find people that are genuine and true and really, really understand and support and respect your trauma and who you are as a person now because of it, hold on to them. They're never going to go anywhere and you're not going to leave them because sometimes I look at it now and like you and Heather and even Jake and of course my children, but like you guys are the only actual real, like tangible for me Mm -hmm. things in my life. And I know that's a big thing to really cling on to, but when you're, you know, your 13th reason is right around the corner some days. That is, that's why I cling. And I I mean, I absolutely can relate to that because when you've been let down so many times by so many people, automatically you think it's just going to repeat. It's a a cycle and it's just going to happen over and over and over. But when you meet those people, when you have those people that really understand and get you, and we get this question, how did it happen for you two? How did you become best friends? How do you remain that way? Well, we became that way by not giving up. Mm-hmm. I think we remain the way that we do because we've learned each other. Mm-hmm. And when you do start to withdraw or when I start to withdraw, we understand the reasons behind it. And it's not anything personal. Yep. It's we're dealing with a demon right now. Yep. And all you've got to do is just be there. Just Remind that person, I'm not going anywhere. Yep. I'm here. I've got you. I'm probably battling my own demon over yeah. on this corner. I, it's it's so. my turn this week. So you're going to have to deal with this on your own. Yes. But we understand. And we make it through that way. I, I am You don't so, give up on people. You don't. Especially when you know they're genuine. I had this conversation with Heather last night because we were talking about when it is you do give up people and how... Certain ones, those that you let go of, they hurt worse than others. Mm -hmm. And I said, the ones that hurt more are often the ones that you probably need to repair or you probably have some sort of, yes, you know, like we, Heather and I have had a falling out before and it was, it felt very unfinished. Mm -hmm. So in the back of our minds, we knew this isn't over, but there's other times where you've had a falling out and you immediately forget about that person. There's no sadness there. There's no anger even. It's just like, it is what it is. Those are the ones that... That's a sign that it needed to happen. It was done. It had its time. It's been played out. If you can't move past it after a while, then there's maybe revisit and say, okay, what what is it about this particular relationship that's Mm -hmm. got me holding on? Yeah. Is it healthy? If it's a healthy reason, keep going. Try. If not, then maybe that's inside you. Yes. All right, y'all get in touch with us. We love to hear from our listeners. Send us topics that you'd like us to discuss. And if you want to learn more about us and hear all of our stories from the beginning of this chaos, check out our website, pastchaos.com. Also follow all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We go live on Wednesdays to give you a glimpse inside of our chaotic lives. And just remember that you can now stream the full season of You, Me, and My Ex on Discovery+. Plus. 
Call on the Kirks. So we have a lot of call on the Kirks. And mm-hmm. now people are starting to write in and say, here, talk about this. And I, that. Know, I love it. OK, well, I decided to put that on hold because I have my own call on the Kirk. Oh, no. What is it? It's not bad, but it's just something that, you know, I get all the details because I drive carpool yeah. in the mornings to school and back. And it's for a bunch of teenage boys. In the car ride, one of Tanner's friends told me that he overheard another parent speaking to one of their friends because the friend had hurt one of their children's feelings. And so it got me thinking, when kids disagree, do you step in or do you let them figure it out? Because I'm really torn. I feel like as a mom, obviously, when your child's hurt, you want to scoop in and save mm-hmm. the day. But at the same time, we've got to let kids figure things out. I think kids need to learn communication. And I think it's this is how they learn it by interacting and resolving these things on their own. As a parent, my only job is to offer advice, you know, in that type of situation. Hey, this is probably what I would do if I was in this situation, you know, because I've been in the situation as an adult with my friends. Here, let me offer you this advice. But I'm not going to step in necessarily on behalf of my child. Jackson has approached me a lot because he's mad that people don't want to be his friends. Well, that's not my job to go and reach out to these kids and be like, well, why don't you want to be friends with my child? No, what I do instead is offer him advice or just support. And you know what? Those probably aren't the people for you anyways. Or you know what? Maybe if you approach them with this type of language or communication style, maybe they'll be more receiving of it. That's all I think you should do. I agree, especially for teenagers. Mm -hmm. I don't think that we need to step in necessarily. you got to teach your kids how to stand up for themselves. That was a hard thing for me. I think for you as well. Oh my God, I'm 34 and still can't do it. Thank you. Learning to stand up for yourself. Yes. I don't want anybody else fighting my battles. No. Do I want your support? Sure. But I want to teach my kids to be strong Mm -hmm. and independent and be able to stand up and let someone know, hey, what you just said, that wasn't cool. Or what you did to me, it hurt my feelings and it upset me. We've got to teach our kids to do that because it's going to happen in adulthood. And I can't follow them around in adulthood. No way. Nobody wants a tattletale. No. Come on. We get on our kids for tattletaling all the time. I'll tell you one thing. One good way to get me to not like you. Go tattle to my mama. Oh, (laughs) I'm too old for that. My mom doesn't deal with that stuff. Don't even try. She'll shut you down. Get down. Yep. That's all the time we have for tonight. Thanks so much for listening and hanging out with us. If you'd like to find out more about the Kirks and our big blended family, visit our website at pastchaos.com. Make sure you don't miss out on any of this train wreck and chaos by hitting the subscribe button. If you really want to get personal, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Be sure to tune in every Sunday when we release new episodes. We would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to and review our podcast. And just so y'all know, we love Jesus, but we cuss a little. 